of my agents, all of my spies. Never could they steal into the halls of the Primarch to deliver you. These shape-shifting aberrations may present a problem, however. Where there is one, there are many. And there is always a puppet master. Father, you are so close. I will bring you home once again. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM Trevor, and with me are the most wonderful team in RPG podcasting that you'll ever see. Why do you have to lie like that? He's getting more more cheerful. Also, you just said our team of the most amazing people, which is just us. That doesn't compare us to anybody except for ourselves. Why did you have to give away the <laughs> linguistic loophole? You to be jerk. sure, we are we are the the, the all stars of our our yeah. group here. I give you the six <laughs> most amazing members of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> of the entire Roll for Intent Network. The six highest performers Bar is pretty of the low. entire network. <laughs> In no I, specific order, I give you. I, I always worori when Trevor starts with uh, in a good mood and he's not like, "Oh, hi guys, we're here with these uh, sick jerks. I can't believe they're not on you know some sort of hit list, and let's play some Pathfinder. It's the calm before the storm that he's gonna <laughs> murder us this game. Yeah, he's really excited. He has something prepped no i i had I had an interesting day. i um we got stickers, so this is recorded away in advance. Today is March fourteenth, twenty twenty two and my stickers came in, our stickers came in that we designed over the weekend. And I've been going around to my local game stores in Houston, dropping off sticker packs. So if you're in Houston, which I know there's a couple dozen listeners we have in Houston, uh, several FLGSs have our stickers at Games, Atomic Hobby Shop, Dragon's Lair, Nans, Asgard Games. They've all got Roll for Intent stickers. And I will be sending a brick of those up to Todd. And he'll distribute them in the greater Lansing area. I haven't talked to Micah, but I'm going to um, hold him at gunpoint and make him put some around the area where he <laughs> I can lives. Go, I can go into the <laughs> Detroit Ann Arbor area. Uh, to be fair, it does, it does need just be a pellet gun. It doesn't have yeah. to be anything except threaten to rubber band his beak together for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, if you just send fair. me 10, I can hit the, the one game store in a 50 mile radius for me. <laughs> God. I envy you so much. And I'm going to send something to Raymond because he said yeah, yeah. he had a lot around. I don't know. How's West by God treating you over there? Uh, well, Joe, it's actually okay. For game uh, stores. The, the only problem I have is that in the last like 10 years I've been here, they sort of shift location and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive Excellent. that you have that, Joe. I thought you guys only learned about chess last year. I mean, chess is new, <laughs> but MTG was spread by the Wizards of the Coast. You know, from coast to coast. <laughs> We're still working on chess. Checkers is old hat, but chess is pretty new. Backgammon. Nobody knows how to play fucking backgammon. Um, I do. How's the Moncala going? I hate that I do know how. <laughs> Teach me a Gen Con. I've always wanted to learn. It's either You know what, Ray? When I see you at Gen Con, Trevor and Micah and Todd and I are going to pin you down to the ground and we're going to teach you how to play Euchre. Oh, you're going to have to reteach me. I have okay. that from my so mind. Long. Trevor, you won't play it because the word Trump's in it. 
<laughs> Probably. Tom can't Probably. play because he's got the word horn in it, and he can't. That's true. Yeah. He, he just can't control himself. That makes sense. It's because it's a Trump suit, skin. right? So it's sure. large, and that makes sense. I mourn it every day. Bigly, even, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raymond uh, Euchre is a a card game that's really only played in Michigan, like Wisconsin. I think it's like from Germany or something. I'm not sure, but I don't know where it's from. I, I just it's know like no idea. spades. It's a lot like spades. Okay, it's, gotcha. Just less cards. Well, no, it's the same. It's the same amount of cards, but the trump suit changes depending on the hand. Oh, okay. Euchre is very strategy based. It kind of sounds like shit on your neighbor. Have you heard of that? No. I mean, I've heard of uh, it. Is, is that it a, a game, game or a lifestyle? Wait. I was going to say, is this, is this another? It seems like a Raymond special again. Is, do tell. Is this... <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to, uh, to, to, to like cart curling, you know? Is this how Raymond got his second misdemeanor? <laughs> I mean, you guys never <laughs> went and shit in your neighbor's lawns? No. Just on, me? Just me? Shit on your neighbor is a card game. And it's, it's, you, the whole point of the game is to try to, sh- to shit on your neighbor. So it's like try to make it so you, beat your neighbor like your neighbor as in the person playing next to you the, i'll explain the, it we'll seriously play it the Gen words Con. the words behind this have got me even more intrigued right? <laughs> it's like all you all you do is shit on your neighbor with cards. all you do so take like, a big fat shit on your neighbor guys so, like, what, so what you're saying is you beat him into submission and then you drop a deuce on him yeah well you collect cards first and my then. neck of the woods <laughs> we call that old cleveland steamer <laughs> no there's consent involved gotta be a little that. more a little more subtle with that <laughs> that's actually that's actually twenty dollars extra <laughs> No, never upgrade from the glass bottom boat ride. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I am in a good mood because anything beats the night I had this weekend. I went camping with my son's Cub Scout troop, which was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I led a hike for a dozen and a half second graders through the woods of Southeast Texas, and that was fine. But then it got to the nighttime, and it was much more cold than it typically is in March in Texas. In fact, uh, this is the coldest March that we've had since 1999. There are woods in Southeast Texas? Yes, there are. Piney woods are very common here. Oh, I just assumed that it was all like an endless expanse of desert. What? Are you talking about? You think of West Tech? Jeez. You're thinking of Dallas. No, I've been to Houston. That's not even Dallas. And Houston's like all tropical trees and curated Dreary and awful. But... At night, it got down to like 30 degrees, and my sleeping bag is only rated for like 40 degrees. (laughs) You got barely below freezing. Okay, you go and sleep in it without adequate protection, but... Why would I do that? uh, Everybody said you were an idiot for going camping in the first place. I feel like you just invited this on yourself. (laughs) Well, it wasn't supposed to be that cold, but there was frost inside of our uh, tent. And I gave my son all of our blankets that we had because I didn't want him to be cold. He got to sleep on the mattress that I slept on that made laying on the ground bearable last time because I didn't want him to be cold. And this kid just slept like a rock. He laid down. He was out in like 10 minutes. And I'm there laying on the cold, hard ground, trying to get comfortable, too fat for my damn sleeping bag. Couldn't get it zipped up properly at first. So like my side is hanging out. I fall down to a fitful sleep. And about an hour later, I wake up with icy fingers of death wrapped around my love handles. that are sticking <laughs> out of my, uh, sticking out of my shirt. And I, you know, how do you use a sleeping shake bag? Shake the Grim Reaper off. <laughs> well, so I couldn't, I couldn't get it zipped. It was, it was caught on something. And I eventually got it zipped up, 
you know, two Charlie horses and a strained <laughs> bicep later um, and crawl into it and get all mummied into it. And then I took my sweater and I stuffed it in the hole on the top and breached <laughs> through my sweater so I wouldn't freeze. Did you have a cannoli? <laughs> I look like a cannoli, a disused cannoli. And then, then the next disused. morning, you turned into a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> and I wake, you know, I wake up the next morning. And my son's like, you didn't snore at all. And I'm a pretty prolific snorer. And I I can only surmise that my windpipe froze completely solid (laughs) because I woke up and it was raw and icy feeling. It's like somebody made a uh, a icicle straight down my throat. It was awful. (laughs) Son, you only snore when you actually sleep. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, right. I maybe got, I got bursts of 20 minutes every once in a while. (laughs) And last night we got home. My daughter was very sad that she couldn't go camping with us. So my wife got her a little tent and it was sitting up in the living room and a sleeping bag. It's so cute. It's like a little unicorn. And I slept in the living room on the couch and she slept in her sleeping bag. Um, But that only went as long as I woke up and uh, saw that she was face down outside of the tent with her face, like right where my feet would come down. If I got out of the couch, no idea how she managed to do that. My work alarm went off at spring break. So I don't have to wake up as early. So my, my, you know, get up for work alarm went off at six 30, woke her up, woke the dogs up, freaked everybody out. Finally get everybody back to sleep. And I doze off. And I guess it was about a half hour later. I opened my eyes a little bit. I see this three foot tall specter of death looming over me. She's just standing there silently. <gasps> hey, daddy, I'm awake. Oh, I thought you were the devil. Come take me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so everybody else. How you doing? I'm good. Today was my last day of work. Off for the week. Oh, I thought you quit. <laughs> <laughs> for the week. For the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the only thing I really did earlier this week was have a uh, bowl of multigrain Cheerios and saw that one of the ingredients was millet. And I was like, huh, Mike and I have more in common than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Were you staying at Mike's place? Uh, no, just, 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 like just no, no, no multigrain Cheerios have millet ground up into yeah, it. And so. Trevor, you know I don't have enough room for Jake. And, and yeah, no. <laughs> and, but in, in in other words, though, I um, <laughs> my my van power steering motor uh, started to die. Uh, when I uh, came back to my mom and dad's place. And uh, so that was great. Like basically right as I got here, anybody that knows what the dying thralls of a, uh, a, a power steering motor sounds like knows that it's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. The power and, steering pump. Nope. Nope. Let him go. Let him go. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it pump. I, I don't speak car. Uh, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a carologist by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I, d- you're telling me you didn't tickle your van's radiator and ask what was wrong. I tried, but I can't. I can't get the dog cage off. <laughs> this idiot probably hasn't even changed his headlight fluid. <laughs> but uh, but uh, and, and for what it's worth, I drive a '95 G20 van, so it's a it is a hefty piece of shit to try to steer. Also known, also known as the polite rapist. <laughs> You done? Too much? No, you don't. No, it's just it's just the nine thousandth time I've heard that joke. I'm waiting for absolutely anything different. You're like every okay. other dipshit that finds out my name is Jake is like oh, from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moron. <laughs> Wait, so I would have said, dude. I would have said, dude. You got a Dell, just a spike. <laughs> Does your van not have fucking airbrush on the outside? Matter. What are you doing? 
<laughs> it, it, I like the way that my van looks. It's nice. What's it's, your What's your vanity plate say? Vandolph. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so. Not a wizard. You don't have a wizard on the outside. I arrive precisely when I mean to. <laughs> Never a minute before. Whenever Never a minute all the after. problems with your van allow you to get there. Yeah. Well, since I bought this thing, it's been an intense money sink and a waste of time. I've taken it on a road trip exactly once, and it was fantastic. And then, literally the day after I got back from that road trip, my radiator cracked. So. I also have had to fix the transmission, the catalytic converter. I had to take it to a shop so it could get the. Um, windshield wiper motor cut out and so they had to machine a new part to put it in there because it was so rusted and gone that they could not remove it with any tools that they had <laughs> amongst other things uh uh so i have put a lot of uh, way more money into it than i spent buying it uh which <laughs> is unfortunate so instead my mom and dad have this um uh, mid to late 90s rubicon jeep which is apparently some sought after Ooh. model and it's like lifted and has like big ass tires on it and a different gear set because it's meant ass to go tires ass tires they're just two butts <laughs> the axle. and uh and i like driving uh, it because it's a manual and all those other things and i i i was i was like can i just drive this for the meantime because like i just kind of want to sell my van to begin with and i like that vehicle more and they're like sure and uh, i get in it and there's like bird shit all over the inside of this vehicle and it's a cheap, but it has, it has a tarp over it, you know, like the, the, oh, the, 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 the soft top. They might've, but it had, he can't jump up high enough to get inside of this. It's lifted, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, it did. It does have a soft top. His wings clipped though. Yeah, no. Well, his beak's not sharp enough to tear through the fabric to get inside, but there was a bunch of bird shit like on the console, on the steering wheels, like, and and on the seats and stuff, I'm like, what the fuck? And my mom and dad were like, oh, yeah, I guess a bird got in there. And I'm like, how? How the fuck did like a sparrow or whatever got inside of the Jeep? Well, well yeah, and it shit all over the place. And I was like, is it gone? Did you get the, the bird out? And they're like, yeah, whatever. And then I like was driving to work, which is only five minutes away from where I'm staying. And uh, I got off the road and then I looked down on the floor in the passenger seat. And there's a dead fucking sparrow just sitting inside of the Jeep. <laughs> I took a picture of it and said it to my mom and dad. Be like, hey, guys, there's totally a fucking dead bird inside of this vehicle. And my oh parents my were like, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, not ha. What the fuck? Hello, well, bird flu. Yeah. Like, not yeah, only right? did I have to clean all of the bird shit, there's a dead animal in here. I don't want to deal with that. Was it still wet or was it petrified? No, <laughs> it, it must not have been dead for very long because it wasn't exceptionally stiff or anything. I like picked it up with a napkin and then yeeted it out the door after I got to work and let nature take care of the rest. Because how unlike dare, how Yosef, dare you waste good meat. Uh, unlike Yosef, I was not going to dig a shallow grave and put a little headstone <laughs> on it and say a prayer. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess a bird somehow got into the Jeep, shit all over everything and, and died. It shit itself to death. I can only imagine. I'm, I'm also not a birdologist, so I have no idea. Man, this is not your fields. On. Yeah, these are not your fields. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got into my my weekly debate. This was one of the main shitting was one of the main reasons. This was one of her main reasons. I I fight with my sister like once, maybe t- every month or two, because she legally, although she lives in Boston now, so she'd have to check her laws. But legally, she could get a monkey, like a helper monkey. Um, and she her her debate about it this week this month was it poops too much, and I was like, that's not that's not an acceptable. Rain, no, rain, 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 rain. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah, slow down. Pump the Rewind brakes. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean she can legally? Wait, does she have some sort of special certification that allows her to get monkeys, or is this something different? Does she like, work for a wildlife rehabilitation center? <laughs> like, no, she's just short. 
she's just under four foot ten. So she's legally allowed to get a monkey. There's but government subsidies for this is thing. what you're saying. Yeah. If, yeah. So like if you're under four foot ten, then legally you can get like a handicap sticker for your car and you can get a, a helper oh. monkey to like help you get like can like bowls and plates off the top shelf so of your it's cabinets. A, so it's like, a, it's it's in that, that's a mail sure. room at rollforintech.com. <laughs> Tell us how wrong Raymond is. I'm on the website. I found this. Uh, monkeyhelpers.org. This is a real place. Wait, so it's a state monkey and not a federal monkey. Correct. It is. Well, to okay. be fair, all of my research has only been done within the state of California. So back in the day yeah. when I learned about this, I learned through this. Actually, a cop, my buddy was becoming a cop. And he, I guess one of the rules, one of the rules, well, no, one well of the rules. known for known, well known for knowing every law. Did he have a monkey for backup? No. So for real, he was like, dude, we were going through training. And when you like, if you like enter a house, you have to look for service animals. And it was like, dog, monkey. So my buddy was like, wait a minute. There's a hierarchy of <laughs> service animals? Well, it's just like what to look dog, out for. monkey, horse, scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> So then he looks into the laws, which means makes me look into the laws. And legally, if you're under four foot 10 in the state of California, at least you can, you can own a monkey and it to, to like help you get things. And so, I mean, 16 year old Raymond was like, why do you not have a monkey? Elise, come on. What is wrong with you? I, uh, and she was like, yeah, I, I just, this is amazing to me, you know, <laughs> like the government has so many weird laws and, and stipulations on so many things. And you learn so much about the deep and dark corners of society every day. And today I have learned te- <laughs> I, you, that if you're under four foot ten, you can get a, a helper monkey. This is a PSA to our diminutive <laughs> listeners yeah. that if you live in a state that monkey. allows this. That you can, in fact, get a helper monkey. Don't listen to the yeah. show. Get a helper don't, monkey. Don't get and, a helper and then write us. 10, 12 years I've been telling my sister, get a monkey. Every month, we talk about this once or twice, every two months. <laughs> this month, just, well, it poops so much. I'd have to buy a diapers. I'd have to do all this. And I was like, right? these are mood points. You could own a monkey, Elise. That's all that Legally. matters. Legally. Legal monkeys. So quick question, is is it limited to species or just like any monkey? Anything that says monkey. Mm, so, that's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. I from what I know, it's it's the little monkeys. Like the real uh, like the like the yeah, the capuchin monkeys not and like the apes, but monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the and not <laughs> you're chimpanzees. Tell you, you're telling you can't have a helper silverback gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> we already have one. His name's Todd. Yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, whoa. The hair on my back is still very red. <laughs> Now, as someone who's lived in California for 42 years now, I have seen absolutely zero helper monkeys. So I do wonder about this. (laughs) But have... Have you ever done the research, though? That's the question. Has it ever crossed your mind? I I have not. I I will admit. Yeah. So so yeah. Uh, we we get in fights about it all the time. I've told ev- all of my friends. I've told everyone how she could get a monkey, and everyone has the same answer, and it's that she's wrong, and she should have a monkey. And I think I can tell her that everyone here besides Joe agrees. I'm supporting <laughs> your sister. Know. She probably has done the research, like more research, and then realized that there's <laughs> additional steps that's required also, for keeping. Yeah. Monkey. Bullshit. People That's have kids thing. all the time. <laughs> what? People have children he all said, the time. Yeah. Children, monkeys, what's what you like, know. He, but he he was saying yeah. like the problems with that, oh, it poops everywhere. You need to put it in diapers. Like that is a baby. 
Yeah, it sounds like a yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah but like a baby also can't like scale a wall in eight seconds or whatever and then steal yeah, your and keys sucks. and hide them under the couch or something. They can't take its diaper and, and leave it on the top well, of the I don't know. Fridge. Have you seen Todd's baby? <laughs> no, because it keeps hiding. You should be able to hear it right now. It's not she, that she's, she's hiding. Screaming. She has like predator like armor yeah, where right? she just melts into the background. <laughs> exactly. She makes weird so. clicks too. Long story short, Elise, I know you listen to this. You're wrong. My friends agree, except for Joe. Don't listen to Joe. And I think it's time. I think it's finally time you get a monkey. At least for what it's worth, I love monkeys, but I am also acutely aware of how awful they are to keep as pets. And also, I'm not (laughs) entirely sure, like, where I stand morally on keeping a monkey. I don't don't know if it's okay to keep a monkey. Like, I really want want an opossum, but they're supposed to be outside, you know? Yeah. Also, Elise, everyone is against me in this podcast, and everyone who listens thinks I'm the villain. So if you're against me, you're probably on the right side. You're probably on the right team. (laughs) Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. We're going to set the imagination copter down into the Dawnflower Library and Sunny Coastal Otari. Yeah, where so, are we exactly? I you're guess. in the Dawnflower Library. Okay. At least okay. I think all of you ended up back there. Um, we don't record these. We have no idea. No, we have no clue. <laughs> so last week was post Yosef finding Corvus speaking with Yin in her office. They exchange words, determine that Corvus has been searching out copies of Whispering Reeds for several decades and destroying them. He found out about this one through looking through some old paperwork that he had purchased from the office of the Primarch, found a um, writ of execution for one Ivor Harovex, and a small bead, which you could surmise is a soul gem. You part ways with Yen, you head out and you see in the Ospi River a corpse floating downstream. William jumps in, grabs it, pulls it out, determines that the corpse was exanguated. Some knowledge checks and discussion later, you've determined that whatever did the exanguation was probably a faceless stalker. Where that leads you, really not sure because you don't recognize this person. Putting that bit of information in your pocket, you head on to the Dawnflower Library where you reconvene with the entirety of the party in a reading room and begin to recount everything that Corvus had said previously. When he ends with, Ivor Horovex, I believe was Belcora Horovex's father. And guys, 
What do you do? Collectively shit our pants at the same time at this this huge information drop. Right, so he's got this bead, he's got this writ. Uh, based on this writ, I, I have reason to believe that uh, they were associated with worship of Nimbaloth. They were a very wealthy family. So I think it uh, reasons to assume that they had one of these copies of Whispering Reeds. It's able to go back to some additional auction records from some of the large auction houses in Absalom and determined that a copy was sold to Ivor Harovex approximately 15 years before his downfall. And it was lost to time after that. His downfall? What were his crimes again? Consorting with enemies of Absalom. Dark arts involving things not of this world. Pacts with demons and devils. Generally shady business practices of of an occult nature designed to uh, give him an edge against his uh, competitors. And do we know who they might be? Who who might be? His competitors. Most of them are lost to time. He was uh, in textiles, oddly enough. But what you're telling me is that you are currently in possession of a tetrahedral soul gem that contains the soul of the father of the woman who is quite possibly still haunting the gauntlet. She's still haunting the gauntlet, you say? This is news to me. Oh, oh yes. You have much to be caught up on. Well, I believe I have nothing but time. Why don't we take a stroll and fill you in? And we do. Because that a lot has happened. And it'd be a lot of RP. So you do this info dump to him and his pupils dilate. He goes, whoa, I know Kung Fu. Uh, as the Matrix shoves it all into his brain through the magic of storytelling. And I'm going to say it takes about two hours of you talking and regaling him with your exploits over the past few days for him to get a full understanding, him asking questions, ever the scholar taking notes about what's happening. This is all quite, quite irregular and quite fascinating. But it also underscores why we must destroy this book if possible. If she lives, if cultists are being drawn, if there's a library staffed by the undead... This book's secrets may yet be unleashed upon an unwitting world. Have you read the book? No. Do you know anything about something called the canker? I can't say that I've heard of it before. We already rolled religion checks on this in the past, right? I think you did, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, all right. Yes, there is a a large, uh, not large, but there is an auxiliary building to the northwest of the gauntlet itself. And underneath that, a couple of floors down, is a library. Uh, haven't had time to really look through it, as I almost died in our encounter with several, several ghouls. Huh. I imagine they have some sort of affiliation with Belcora being in the gauntlet. I would have imagined that it had emptied centuries ago then upon her death. I'm very, very perplexed as to why it's so active still. For what we understand and what legends tell, she did indeed die, but something remains in that place. Indeed, that is very troubling. 
Is there anything you can think of that I can do perhaps to help you? I've given you all I know about the Whispering Reeds. If there's anything else I could do, I would be more than happy to assist, but my book knowledge is not worth much more than I can say, if you get my meaning. Was uh, was was Corvus there when we discovered the body? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, Corvus, I thank you for all your information. I believe the best service you could do to us right now is keep an eye out for those werewolf hunters. Observe them and see if any of their behaviors seem odd or out of sorts. I absolutely shall. It will be my great honor to assist you in any way that I possibly can. I will, in fact, stay around town for a while. I've taken some extended time uh, to make sure that this is done. I will be residing at the Crow's Casks for the time being. But thank you very much for your help. No, no, not at all. Thank you so much for the services that you are providing to the town and, and at this point to me as well. Um, and I, I assure you, you will be uh, rewarded upon receipt of the book if you would allow me to destroy it. Uh, and, and in full view of you, of course, I just I need to make sure that it is truly destroyed. I have no need of it beyond its destruction. Is there anything else we should be on the lookout for? Surrounding this book, companion journals, compendiums, anything like that? No, I, I don't believe so. There's nothing that I could think of mm. that would be of service. I've, I've gotten a lot of information about companion information. The cult of Lady Rushlight is very secretive and does not have much in the way of texts. The cult of what? Oh, well, yet another one of the names of Nimbaloth, Lady Rushlight. The new one. I haven't heard that one. It's a story the Ferasmans wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some funny stuff. Uh, oh, man. That's why people come to roll for intent. Listen to us make prequel meme jokes. Really? Like alongside? What <laughs> apologize to all our listeners. I couldn't keep it in. I was trying to real hard. Let it just hang there. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I needed you to own what you did. <laughs> oh, I own it. How do we find this thing? Are you this is, is this in character? Are you back to in character here? No, I'm just asking. Like out of character as a thought exercise, I'm trying to figure out how doth one find a faceless stalker. I think generally you wait until they come to you. There's no way of telling whether or not somebody is a faceless stalker unless you have some kind of knowledge that, that only that person would know and you can catch them at a lie. That, yep. and if they go long enough, I think they, they're sanguivores. If they go long enough without eating blood, they yeah. become much more erratic and disheveled yep. and weak. They have trouble holding their shape the longer they go. That's going to be some time. I think the, the best move on that front is to lay a trap and wait for it to reveal itself to us. If this is all you need of me, I've had quite a day. I would like to retire to my room for a time. My door, figuratively, is always open. I have uh, I will instruct Magaloy to uh, 
give you access to my room. Well, not access. I will instruct Magaloid to send you to my room if you come looking. Okay. Very well. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. And may the Lady of Graves guide your steps. And he, um, you know, bids you farewell, gives you a polite nod. For now, though, I will hold on to this. And he picks up the soul gem and brings it with him. If you have need of it specifically, come to me. I don't know what would happen with this if it fell into the wrong hands, and I'd prefer it not to. It just troubles me so, because somebody evidently at some point in time in the gauntlet tried to read it and couldn't, it sounds like. Well, you have no reason to believe that that translation had anything to do with something in the gauntlet. That translation you found? Because it was really old. On an attempted translation. And also, we're looking for an original, right? Like, it seems like the translation is more like a watermark prevention of transcription, right? Maybe. You have no idea if it's magical or if it just taints the user's mind or what. But yeah, I just wanted to clarify that you weren't searching the wrong thing. That translation that you found, there's nothing to indicate that has anything to do with the gauntlet. Okay. More of it just happens to have the record of the trans- transcription or the attemption, attempted transcription. Okay. It's probably getting later in the day at this point, right? It's been busy. Yeah, I would say it's probably pushing about 2 o'clock, 2.30. I guess we sent him on his way. And Nick, can we huddle somewhere, like privately? Or just go outside. <laughs> yeah, just go outside and the normal size beings get on their knees, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, he left. He left, and and you're in this reading room still. Vandy's with you. But, I mean, you could probably ask her to give you some time if you wanted. Um, Or you could just leave. Up to you. We could also ask Vandy to keep an eye out for this faceless stalker. Well, do we we trust Priestess Vandadash? Vandadash? I would hope so. I don't think we have any reason not to. Maybe we could ask uh, Vandy Banterdash to keep an eye out for signs of a faceless stalker. We have a hunch, nothing concrete, but uh, we would definitely like some eyes on the town because there seems to be some sort of killer afoot and we we can't really trust anyone yeah. at this point. And Especially me, because I tried to moonbeam a guy. Well, again, <laughs> I don't... I, we... <sighs> Evidence points to it possibly not even... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's tell Vandy. I mean, we, we've absolutely verified it was a faceless stalker. But yeah, we verified it was a faceless stalker, but we also verified that this body has been dead for some time and floated mm-hmm. downriver from way north out of town. I don't think we need to tell anybody yet. That's my... I mean, how far north are we talking? Because we never really got a clear answer on that. Well, no. But, I mean, it's just off of the river. I mean, the river is a long way. You have, yeah. no, you have no way of knowing how far it would have came down river. You don't okay. know if it died in the river, if it died, and then a week later somebody threw it in the river. You so you're no telling me that I couldn't check the, the age of the aphids that are eating this thing. Well, since aphids don't eat flesh, sure, go ahead. Buy our I don't know. It's a, it's a fantasy this world. This is Flesh eating aphids. <laughs> flesh aphids. I, I could say, you know, maggots, but I, I don't know. Well, it having been in the water screws up a lot of that dating stuff because, you know, small carbonivorous yeah. fish would have yeah. eaten on it. And yeah, I I mean, I, I kind of want to have eyes on the town before we leave. 
just because of that, because faceless stalkers are nothing to joke about. Right. And I um I trust Priestess Vanderdash because I'm or Vanderdash, sorry. Because I'm like she might have the ability to just cast the spell to detect it, right? Like having eyes in the Dawnflower law library Probably might be not. helpful. Level six, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, She's not was, high enough level. Yeah, she didn't have enough yeah. to cast remove curse, and I think that's a fifth level spell. Well, no, but she. I mean, that's fourth. Sorry, I. It's. I mean, I didn't know that, but I mean, Kashak certainly wouldn't know. So, like, I don't. I feel like she and the other, uh, like, Iomade, uh dedicated priestesses or whatever would be like the last people to get hit, right? I don't know. I don't. I, and it's it's in my opinion as the player that I don't think we have enough information to really do anything with this besides like knowing that it's a faceless stalker. We have no idea of knowing who's who. We have no idea of knowing this how long ago this guy died. We have no idea really where it came from except upriver from how long ago. The only thing we can say that we kind of have a really firm grasp on is that he was probably a werewolf hunter. We have run into right in the town, but we also haven't seen them for a couple of days. But I think it's safe to assume that this guy has been dead longer than a couple of days. Okay, so did we not talk about at some point that uh, a cart had been hit somewhat to the north by some sort of beast that, that yeah, matched that's the what the, the werewolf hunters were going to investigate. That's what that. I thought. So, did we get any inkling of how far north or just somewhere in the Emmonwood? Okay. Well, all right. We also know what a faceless sulker is, is all I'm saying. And we know that they try to infiltrate societies. And I, I'm foretelling Bandy, Bandy, Banderdash, fuck. But that's, I mean, that's the only, like, verdict I'd like to put forth at this point. But I know that you are against it, Billions against it, so. I'll arm wrestle anybody who wants to tell them. My metagame knowledge of playing tabletops before lets me know that these things are never alone. Like, faceless stalkers do not act singularly. Well, I mean, we would, knowing that they are faceless stalkers, we know that they're pretty cowardly and that they kind of go in packs, right? Yeah, there's there's usually a group, and I'm pretty sure that there's usually somebody in charge with some larger goal. Well, they're they're like any other sort of shapeshifter in that they try to infiltrate society, not one at a time, so... Yeah, I don't know. I I think we don't have enough to really do much with this information, and I think we should just probably head back to the gauntlet if we have nothing else to do in town. Let's go to the library, and on the way, pick up our little friend Borbo's husk. We're in the library. Oh, you mean the the gauntlet library? Yeah. There's a bunch of bodies out there, honestly. the good one. The interesting one. I guess The one that doesn't have uh, uh, hemorrhoid cures in it. I guess while we're here, uh, because I do remember that I'm like 90% sure that we took the bodies outside. We had started putting them outside so we could try to carry them back. Um, If we wanted to save some time, we could just like escort a couple of acolytes of Phorasma and they could collect the dead and bring them back to town. And then we can just go in. I mean, we could also just like point it out to one of the people here in the library. Like, hey, there's a corpse over there. Call Phorasma. Thank you, sister. Bye. I don't know. I just... Because we let Clort run in there and die, evidently, and there's bog mummies jumping out in between us and the town, I, did, I don't know. I feel like sending just regular people out into the swamp is a great way to get them killed. Uh, quick point of order. Did did anyone, did we find Clort's body? Like, has Clort's body been recovered? It's no. hard to say. We, we did not. not see it when we were in the gauntlet last. It would have been in the room where the blood pool is. So if you guys yeah. went into the room with a blood pool, like went in there, you would have seen... 
Clort and then the pile of Clort insides. Yeah, hmm. so we did go into that room. Oh, no, we didn't. We just we fought it from outside. No, we fought her. It yeah, came to us, yeah. There was possibly okay. clorts of blood all over the floor. Uh, clorts and clorts of it. Blood clorts everywhere. So I think that we should tell somebody that this thing is here. <sighs> but who? I think we should fucking put our trust in... Rin. Maybe. Who's to say that Rin isn't the person, right? Like, this is the same argument that you could use against uh, anybody. Well, I guess, but I mean, Rin has been somewhat helpful this whole time and she of all people would be the most adept at probably dealing with See, these. I think that Vandy, Rin and the mayor should all be made aware of it privately. No, I, I don't think we should tell the mayor. He's not been... We need as much information as we possibly can circulating and that way, and only amongst no. the higher-ups right? That's because they would if go we just for, start... Yeah, we shouldn't tell the mayor. The, higher up yeah. position. The, the, the mayor has not been a good steward of information. We told him oh. what was going on in the gauntlet. He sent those losers in and got no, them killed. He's mm-hmm. been a fantastic steward of information because we told him exactly what was going on in the gauntlet, and he was so type fucking lipped about it that he sent a bunch of men to their death. <laughs> Trevor, can I roll? Can I roll a knowledge check on seeing whether or not the faceless stalker would be a worshiper of the faceless death? Uh, you could do a religion. Uh, you could do an occultism on that. All right. You want to do it for me or you want me to? No, you do it. Okay. No, you. I got a 13 plus 6 for a 19. You're not really sure. They typically form cults around a specific powerful individual, but it's not unheard of them worshiping a deity specifically. I don't know. I mean, I... I, Joe, I'm with you on this. I, I want to let somebody be our eyes and ears like I already said around here but I don't know who to trust and who do we have here that could deal with them well I'm down to compromise I mean, Carmen, if, you tell, Carmen, if you want to tell Wynn then let's Carmen could if he had Wynn. a sword or Rin Solus is the swing vote then it's two it's two verse two so Solus would be the swing vote of whether we tell people or not can I can I just visit Rin and, and relay that to her um, because I think uh, in, in her hundreds of years of being on this this uh this ball of dust and water that she would be the most wise uh, person to take a step forward and make the right decision. Yeah, I think we can trust Rin. We can tell her, but do not tell the mayor. Okay. So as Tovin, I'd like to go visit Rin and uh, talk to her about this situation. I'll go and knock on her (laughs) her tent post. (laughs) Oh, yes, Tovin. How can I assist you? Anything... Interesting happening up there in that Rin, old I'll, dusty tower. A lot of a lot has happened in the past few days. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, I I almost scorched one of your denizens into oblivion, and I'm gonna have to unpack that later with you. But uh, but uh, there we found signs of a there was a corpse that we found in the river, and there were signs of a it being attributed to a faceless stalker and. We don't know who to trust. You're the old... Uh, I don't want to say oldest. That's mean. <laughs> you're, you're the most... Uh, you're, the, you're the wisest uh, uh, person here that I can possibly relate to. And I, I'd appreciate if you were the only one that knew and for you to pull the thread on this sweater because I we're at a loss and we need to <laughs> head into the gauntlet. Yes, GM, I want you to do all of our work for us. <laughs> Thanks for the Weezer that reference. Is most, most troubling, isn't it? I will keep my eyes and ears out, so to speak, for this, and let you know if I notice anybody acting strangely. 
Uh, additionally, I would like to let you know there is going to be a memorial service this evening. Um, at the Standing Stones for the men that were lost in the gauntlet. It would be nice if you were there to attend. It'll be near around sunset. Uh, I, I think that we should absolutely be there, just in, out of just sheer respect, uh, before we head into the gauntlet. I know it's a bad time for us, but... I mean, right. <laughs> sorry, I almost said Raymond. Uh, <laughs> Billiam had a real special connection with Clort, and I think that he should be given a chance to mourn. And also, there were all those others. Uh, Tom Rick is thankfully still alive, but we lost. This town has lost too many. I think. I think we'll be there. Thank you so much, Ren. Yes, well, most definitely. Thank you so much for all you're doing for the town. Don't let the bastards get you down. <laughs> and I, I head towards the bastards and I leave Rin <laughs> to try to go to uh, uh, I, to let everyone else know that there's a special uh, uh, I'm guessing candle lighting for a uh, vigil for these, yeah. these lost souls around sunset uh, Yep. and uh, yeah I'll leave it up to everyone else well if there's going to be a vigil we should retrieve their bodies if nothing else yep let's bring some uh, some Water skins and a couple of buckets and some burlap sacks and just gather whatever we can and see if we can assign it to whoever it belongs to. No slotted spoons. We need every full spoon we can get. I'll bring a ladle. It it might be best if this remain not open casket. <laughs> right? <laughs> so how many buckets do you think you guys can carry up there? Oh, God. We're never going to get into like the Home Depot buckets because... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, man. Is this also Skyrim rules because potentially like 70 per person? It's true. <laughs> I will allow you, if this is how you want to do it, I will allow you to hand wave getting these things during broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will take you the rest of the day to ferry buckets of chum back and forth from the gauntlet. <laughs> Why don't we go to the gauntlet, look for all the library stuff, like the doll, and maybe more information on whispering reeds. And, and, and the doll that doesn't have any arms and legs, the one that uh, Borbo killed himself. Yeah, the doll. And then on the way home, we'll bring whatever we can carry in our hands and our pockets. You only have about four hours is the thing. Can we just, how about we give Dilly Danvers five gold to, <laughs> across the, <laughs> across. please no, I don't want him to die. <laughs> he yeah, won't right. die. He's just, he's, he's carrying chum. It's fine. He's also got the most important armor of all, plot armor. Yeah, and, <laughs> and an amazing store, uh, sword. Have you forgotten Lucy? No yeah. one can Lucy. forget Lucy. <laughs> He'll be fine. Whenever, whenever your shield gets near his sword, it starts vibrating. Gross. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I remember you have a shield named Ricky right now. Ricky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I had two kids. <laughs> um, so, so we can go to the gauntlet now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then we do Dilly it. Danvers. <laughs> so what's the plan? Are you going to, you going to just chum bucket these dudes and spend the rest of your day doing that? Cause it would take the rest of the day. I mean, we to we make can. enough trips to get these guys back. Let's bring back a we symbolic. Can, but I would the siege of their person, right? Like, like, let's grab a skull if we can find it and try to attribute it to the right person. Let's not grab all their little achy bits and pieces. Oh, God, can we just do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say we just go to the auxiliary building and search. Yep. 
grab the doll, come whatever back we for, can, the, for yeah, the vigil. Whatever Please. we can carry back from the from there. I really want to check the, at, the library. During sundown. Yeah, at the at sundown. We, we'll, we can hire people to do this. It's so cheap yeah. to get somebody yeah. to just walk a walk a mile and go pick up buckets of of just gross, awful, awful. <laughs> All right, you guys head back. You're going to go to the room where Borbo was. Yes, and then down. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, before before we leave, though, uh, we will go to the room where Borbo was, and Tovin will lovingly cradle the creepy little bird doll. That, it's not that the, used, you want the bird doll, or you want the yeah. doll with no arms and no legs? Oh, there was two? Yeah. Yeah, because there was the bird doll, and then you put his soul gem into a doll with no arms and oh, no legs. Oh, give me that one. Yeah, never mind. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah give me that, that one. one. Definitely don't give this thing any sort of somatic ability. <laughs> I can't imagine why you wouldn't want it to have all that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll it's a weird the, forethought thing. We'll grab the uh, barely put together doll and then head downstairs to the library. I think. Even a blind pig will find an acorn every now and then, Trevor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are down in the library on the second floor of the gauntlet. It is approximately 3.15 p.m. Um, I will turn to my party and be like, all right, gang, let's split up and search for clues. <laughs> so I remember, you jinkies. guys can do the whole, like, look for books thing for Morlebent 2 while you're down here. Yeah. Um, And I will allow you to use the research subsystem, if you'd like, <gasps> trying to find out more information about uh, Belcora or whispering reeds or nimbleoth or really anything you want to try to find information about so deer in the headlights what yeah bill would bill would go books are dumb and start opening doors <laughs> start smashing bookcases i would open i would peek through doors and see what's on the other side of these doors oh boy i guess Kashak and i'll start searching books scrolling up and down bookcases i'm going to follow behind billiam and billiam someday you will gain an appreciation for books i'll make sure of it I know it's not that I don't like books. I just Solus. I I I I don't really know how to read. I know how to read. <laughs> I can understand words, but when you put them all together and there's so many of them, I just it's embarrassing. Oh, I I did I didn't mean to it was this a sore spot for you? I'm I'm I did not mean to offend. I, I mean I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a warrior, so it's not like it matters my own personal vendetta against myself is to conquer books. His anathema <laughs> is reading above a third grade level. Solus, show wow. the books without fighting. We'll, we'll, we'll handle this later. But yes, let, let us look into one of these rooms. Kashak and Yosef are going to be looking for books. Yeah. Okay, so you can search through books using a perception check. Um, it's a DC 18. Uh, if you succeed, you can collect up to one bulk. If you have a crit success, you can collect up to two bulk. And he pays you five gold per bulk of books you can find. Different areas have more bulk or less bulk, depending on how interesting huh. the books look. So if you guys want to search, let's get some perception checks. Uh, um, <laughs> I would like to see if there's any books here on a on a, uh, a damn faceless stalker. <laughs> Um, no, I would actually like to research Belcora, see if there's anything here uh, referring to what these undead were obviously um, 
uh, worshiping. Cool. My perception was four for a ten. Pretty sure my perception bonus is a nine, so I can still roll that. But uh, I got thing. an eleven for a twenty. Ooh. Are you searching for books then? Yes, I'm searching for books. I have a plus nine, and I got a natural sixteen for a twenty-five. Each of you are able to collect one bulk of interesting books. But there's not really anything else in here that looks rare or interesting beyond what you would find in a typical library. Um, And might be just because this library is old. So some of the things that were cutting edge when this library was popular, or not popular, when it was filled with books, are just kind of old hat now. There's a couple interesting first editions, but that's it. Hmm. All right, then. Uh, after spending some time doing that, I'm going to... Uh, looks like Billiam and Solus have gone to the north and then east. We have, like, an upside-down L-shape in this room, and uh, there seems to be a door at the end of the hallway they're congregated around, so... If you don't mind, then I'm gonna yes. s- scoot in between both of them and be like, let me check. I'm gonna look I for open- traps. I opened the door. I give guidance. Okay. I don't know if this if that counted, but I've already opened the door and sh- and shut it slowly. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I, I opened I the door. I shut it slowly, and my plan was to turn around to everybody, and be like, "Everyone, there's lots of bad, zombie-looking ghouly guys <laughs> on the other side of this door." They didn't seem to see oh, or hear. That's me. what you think. I need you to roll a stealth on that, buddy. <laughs> and that's your initiative. Plus negative one. one. Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen. They didn't seem to hear me. I opened the door. They're all at the door. Just <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. You open the door. It's like good dunk, and you go shut it really yeah. slowly. It's like what did you roll? Uh, Fifteen. You... Okay, so they. Mm. They did not seem to notice you, as far as you can tell. Okay. So I'm going to need everyone to pull out your weapons and get ready. Do it real slow. Because I saw at least, like, six of them. Okay, drawing my sword and shield. Well, I'm drawing my sword into Ricky. I'll pull out Halandra. (laughs) Is everybody in position where they want to be if and when the store comes open? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I would yeah. like to be blocking my friends from this door. All right. Yep. Yes. Good to go. I'm going to give you the flavor text for this room real quick. And then we'll pop up the door and you'll be able to see exactly what it is. Rows of bookshelves run the length of the room. Um, but in some areas, they're damaged and tipped over. The books that were once on the ruined shelves have actually been relocated to the other shelves. So somebody has been maintaining this area. Uh, Several doors lead out from the room, but there's a double door to the north that's extremely impressive. It's made of stone, carved with a strange feminine shape rising from ghost-filled myths of a cemetery of empty graves. I'm going to pop the door open. Ah! And I'm going to share with you what you see. There are four of these interesting-looking guys. And these are from Christian's Beast Foundry. Ooh, uh, we're going to die. Uh, so no. you've got Whoa. four of these interesting little dudes. Uh, describe what you see, guys, for the people at home. Uh, it looks like a non-buff Johnny Bravo with a ghost arm coming out of his chest. <laughs> it looks like if Fred from Scooby-Doo were a zombie and had an arm growing out of his chest. Like Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Like a, 
like a but like an over the top arm, like like Sylvester Stallone, like a super yeah. arm. Yeah. for his yeah. child kind of arm. Yeah, looks like a like a Quagmire's so right arm. Arm. It's very specific. I asked Christian for some cool undead beastie several months ago, and he delivered these to me. And this has probably been since before the new year. He gave oh. these to me. Because I'm like, when they get down to the third level, I need need some interesting undead creature. So you see four of those, and you see one of these guys, which should be familiar from the other room that you were just at. Ugh. Another one of those lovely cultists. Uh, one of the Innsmouth people. As you open the door, the cultist turns and points us at Get them. Oh. Replace your lost souls with theirs. Oh, no. And we're now in combat. I need everyone to roll for initiative. So, Kashak. It's a 14 for 20 initiative. All right. Hold on a second. Update for a 20, you said? Yes, sir. All right. Oh. Tobin, what you got, buddy? I got a 13 for a 22. Ooh, nice. That's pretty good. Rocking it. Uh, Solus. Uh, I got a 9 for a 16. Disappointing. <laughs> Yosef. And don't hate me, Micah, but you are a clumsy one. You still have the bog rock. I do. That is correct, yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> we did not resolve that completely. That's okay. Because we can't. It, it can't be resolved till tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Yosef, what'd you get? Got a natural 19 for a 28. Nice. Nice. Maybe that's going to be your only good roll. Uh, I, uh, I hope not. Yeah, me either. Billiam. I got an 18 for a 24. Oh, that's pretty good, too. You guys are, are stacking up. Let me go ahead and roll my initiative. Because I'm polite and wait for you guys to roll yours before I roll my own. And I'm going to use Foundry's Roller because it's more convenient for me to roll initiative for five creatures rather than input them manually after rolling five die. Yep. <laughs> All right. And we are in combat. Yosef, you rolled the highest initiative by a pretty long, long shot. Um... I'm going to need you to go ahead and do it as what you're going to do. That was awkward. Uh, <laughs> it was. I was like, uh, he's going to die. Perfectly yeah. cromulent string of words. <laughs> uh, I would like to peek around a corner at these things that are about to run towards us and make a knowledge check on them. What do I got to roll? Give me a religion. Sure. In fact, I'm going to roll your religion. Oh, come on. I got a 13. Too bad. Slight me. What are you rolling on one of these? One of these. Ghoulies? I can only see this thing right here. Right. Okay. One of the hand grabbians. Yeah. You don't quite make out what it is. It's something you've never seen before. It seems to be some sort of completely novel undead you're unaware of. Man, of course you're gonna roll for me because you knew I was gonna roll better. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Uh, shit. I, after last time, I really don't want to run in there first. Um, fuck. I would like to take my remaining two actions and can I hold? Christian, I think we've muffed that a couple times on holding an action. 
Uh, you can spend two actions to ready an action that obviously right. has a, a very specific trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you, as soon as you've spent an action, you no longer have the option to delay. Okay. You, to, right. you have to delay okay. everything. Okay. Um, then I would like to ready an action that if Billiam runs in and starts combating, that I will immediately follow him and form a flank. Oh, perfect. That is works for me. That's, that's that actually going to be perfect. I like if, that idea because of what I'm going to do. That's perfect. And that is the end of my turn. Excellent. All right. So strategery, I like it. Okay, Billiam, my favorite hob, everyone's favorite hobgoblin. What uh, do you do? I feel like I started this. I'm going to move in. Hold okay. On. As you move in. This ghoulie to the north of you, that hand within his chest extends out at you. (gasps) It's going to attempt to grapple you. And I have the wrong. Do you know what the um, athletics modifier is on this, Christian? I accidentally typed in 11. Okay, I accidentally typed in 110 (laughs) when I wrote it. And that seems not quite fair at all. Thank you, Rulos Daddy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's a natural twenty. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's a, so you. Yeah, that's a critical hit. Are grabbed <laughs> by this as you try to move in. So let me go ahead and give you the grappled condition. A uh, point of contention there. Oh yes. God, Daddy, he go. is actually pinned because it was a critical was success. A Crit- no. That's right. Oh shit. That is he can do nothing except attempt to escape the grapple. That is, well, that's what I'm going to oh, do. Restrained is to, what it's called in this, right? Because pinned is a is a one e thing. Here they call it restrained. So you are restrained. You can do nothing. He can't. E- can he even try to escape? No. Yes. Literally, the only thing you can try to do is escape. Yes, that is the only thing he can do. Tell me if it. Tell me if an, it's an athletics check. It is oh, athletics. It is an athletics. Yes. Or unarmed attack. I'm doing athletics. Mm. Or acrobatics. Athletics or acrobatics. is great, so I'm going to do that. And uh, that's against it, my athletics DC. Okay, is it one action to do this? One action to attempt to escape, yes. That is a 23. 12 for a 23. You have escaped. Escaper. I th- oh, man. So that's two actions. I, that's two actions. Let me... Let me let you... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to take off yeah. your status effects. I... Damn it. That threw up my... That I threw off everything. It's like you're trying to stop us from doing the things we want to do. Uh, um, I think... Knowing... Do I know Yosef is going to follow right behind me? Did you, did you announce that at all? If you didn't, then that'll change what I... Uh, yes, I, I... Part of my ready to action, I'll be like, right behind you. And... I'll let okay, you run then, in. Then I then instead of attacking, my plan was to run in and then go here and here. And then knowing you were going to come and be flanking him. If for metagaming for what it's worth, I can just walk through your square and I have enough movement speed to get diagonal of him to go. Uh, yeah, hold on. So you're moving that way? No, I'm not. That's no, okay. knowing what he just said. So you can move all the way here. Yeah, it's 25 feet for me. OK, then. Yeah, then. Knowing that, as soon as I get pinned, I I, inst- I was going to be like, I'll yell, Yosef, get to the other side of him, as I kind of stand up, and I'll take a swing at him as my last action, knowing Yosef is going to be 
on the other side of him. Would he be on the other side of him before I make my move? Because that will tell if he's flanked, if he, the ghoul is flanked or not. Um. Well, it says when you make your move in. I think that's the trigger. So I think he would be running in as you're trying to escape, honestly. So yeah. the answer is yes, then. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Wow. Oh, okay, so bad. as you run in, this one to your south reaches out with a hand, Yosef, and attempts to grab you. From 10 feet away. Yes. Cool. Bullshit, what? but cool. Right? Uh, oh. I rolled a nine for a 20. What is that for? Uh, against your fort, DC. Uh, yeah, you got me, you piece of uh. shit. All right, so you are... Uh, okay, so he's on top of his square as he runs through. Hmm. How would I accomplish that one, Christian, if he was grabbed while on the same square as William? Isn't that uh, technically 15 feet away? For the one on the south, no, no. because uh, attacks of opportunity do not take into account diagonal. Or, I'm sorry, reach does not take into account diagonal. Oh, that is some horseshit. Melee reach. Okay. <laughs> it's actually kind of an interesting rule, but yeah. Uh, Ray, were you going to move? No, so the the, the plan was... You're going to stay I was going to stand right here and attack this guy because knowing Yosef was going to be here, I was going to do that. Yeah. All right, so as... Yosef is the one grabbed. I would force Ray into another square. Or I will let you choose if you're going to go north or if you're going to go. I would. I would go here. Okay. So yeah. you, are, Yosef, is in the same square that Billion was just in, cool. and he is merely grappled. He is not restrained. I still have an action left. You mm. still have an action that you can attempt to. I'm going to attempt an acrobatics with Scappy. All right. No. Go I got a twelve it. for a twenty-two. You have escaped, nice. so that's your three actions. Uh, wait, why was he would not have an action? He was using a reaction to make a move, which he did, and that move was interrupted. His reaction is over. He would have to wait until his turn to attempt right, to escape. because the reaction is the culmination of those two other actions, right? Correct. Oh. He doesn't get two actions. He only gets one action, and he used oh, it to move. I wish oh, okay. I'd have known that, because I wouldn't have readied an action. That's horseshit. Okay. Oh. Yeah, readying an action is an interesting thing. You, it's, it seems like you it's have quantifiably really... worse in second edition. <laughs> Depends what you're readying. Man. Yeah, because you'll lose an action. Unless it's like readying the readying the trip, because then you would just get to roll Because it's allowing it. you to ready an action without messing up your combat order. So it's pretty strong if you can get an action in, in the middle of something. All right. Well, that's the end of my turn. All right, you are grabbed right there. I am not. Oh, wait, you are now. I have to. That's right. I have to attempt yeah. the next turn. It's a good thing I used my good roll to get out of that. And then it wasn't it was <laughs> right. So not only do these things have 10 feet of reach, but they have attacks of opportunity. They do. Cool. <laughs> this is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Thanks, right. Christian. Not as yeah, bad right. as it <laughs> So yeah, really, we're gonna, yeah, we're actually gonna, really fun. They we're really gonna find out how bad it is when I swing down on this thing with with Halandra. You have to hit yeah, first. I'm gonna swing see. across, swing across its body, and uh, go. I'm, I'm like not smart enough to see where the hand is coming from, so I'm just going for the general area where that giant mage hand is coming out of. Go. That is an 18 for a 28. That's a crit. Ooh. All right. Fuck this thing. As I swing it. <laughs> <laughs> Grab it by its spectral arm and rip its soul gem Whoa, out. Whoa, look at my cool dice. 
I got. I did 30 points of damage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, you nearly knocked that arm thing that's holding the arm in the center of it out of it. You hit it so hard, dude. <laughs> and it'll take. So I did eight of fire damage, and it'll take persistent damage on its turn. Oh, dang. Okay, that's true. You also. Wait, I thought it was 1d6 fire. It is. And it was eight. Well, it says eight. Oh, that's right, because it's a crit. Okay, yeah. so eight of that was fire, and it'll take one persistent on its turn. Damn. So it's got one persistent fire damage. Immolation. Gross. Why'd I give you that weapon? <laughs> <laughs> All and right, Tobin, you're up, buddy. What is it you're going to try to do here? So Tobin can see one. Uh, I'm assuming this is the one in the most southwestern region of the room. You can see right. through the door. Uh, I would like to run a check on that, first of all. Give me a, uh, I'll roll you a religion. Okay. Tovin, you also do not recognize this creature. Oh, my Something goodness. you've never seen before. I'm going to say uh, with my next two actions, I'm going to cast on, on Solus, my friend, closest to me, because this is a touch spell. Magic weapon. Magic weapon. Yep. And uh, I'm going to... Uh, stroke the hilt of his sword as he's he's uh, getting ready to move forward and say so let's remove these husks from this plane of existence send them back to Phrasma's uh, boneyard thank you Tovin and very cool <laughs> that'll be <laughs> very cool <laughs> thanks a lot buddy glad you're participating <laughs> um, <laughs> make like Joaquin Phoenix yeah. the end of signs and swing away yep so that's gonna be the end of my turn <laughs> excellent all right. This lovely little man in the back corner with a cloak raises his arms and said, Fah! The canker. We must consume more flesh. But you will feel nothing but pain. And he points at Billiam. So he's going to take a stride forward to between these two bookshelves in the center of the room. Oh, shit. What the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to point at Billy and say, you will feel her pain. And I need you to give me a dang it. Where's the freaking save? Why am I just completely lost? Is that a dex check? The dang it. Where's the freaking save? Yeah, where's a freaking save? Is a dex. I need a will save from you. God damn it! Why wits have to be will? Oh, natural twenty! Every time he gets threatened, is a natural twenty. You are completely unaffected. Oh my god! God Damn it! My fort's my good one. I was like, damn it! Natural twenty! Holy moly! <laughs> and that is the end of its turn. Yes. Man, these guys always a bridesmaid, never a bride, man. <sighs> That's the end of its turn. That's frustrating. Oh, We're well, the heroes, Kashak. come on. <laughs> right, Kashak, you are up. Yeah, so Kashak has seen people go into this room and they keep getting grabbed by these giant spectral hands. Yes. And that seems really weird to him. He'd like to avoid that, if possible. So, he sees this guy in the cloak step into his field of vision. It's the only creature he can see so far. And he's like, I don't want to go anywhere near this shit. (laughs) So, where he can see this thing, he's going to give it the three-step bap-bap-bap of magic missile. 
Is he in range? Yeah, it's it's enormous. Oh, I wasn't sure. I was asking. I was asking. All right, give me that bat, bat, bat. And I need you to go ahead and roll on your wellspring table is what I need you to do first. What? Give me the bat beat up. I always forget that you're a wellspring mage. I didn't forget. I didn't know initiative. if I felt threatened yet. Oh, that's it's a natural roll one initiative. on my wellspring. Neat. So that's, that's a, a that's critical crit, failure. It doesn't really matter if it's a crit fail. You still roll on the table. Oh, no. Uh, what's it say? Oh, no. So I got luminous pests. Um... Numerous tiny flying creatures formed of bright, colorful lights such as bats or hummingbirds emerge from you, flying a 30-foot cone. You and all creatures in the cone must succeed a will save or be dazzled for one minute or blinded for one round and then dazzled for one minute on a critical failure. Wow, that's literally everybody, everybody. but William. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's on the other side of a wall. Shit. <laughs> so all of you have to roll a will save. I guess myself included. Yeah. Right. Uh, cool. I just okay. see like a light, like like Kay. like a semi truck lights shoot from over here. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, I got that it. is actually a natural twenty for uh, twenty eight. Right. So you're unaffected. I got a twenty five. Oh. Uh, that is a ten for a nineteen. That's exactly meeting, I believe, because the meet to beat. Perfect. What's your spell DC? Is nineteen. I got nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, okay, great. Good. I got an eight for a nineteen. Oh. All right, so whew. you just see all these oh. lovely. Light bugs, little tiny, like little, like half formed dragon creatures. Like you see two wings and like a vaguely reptilian snout, and everything else is just color. Oh, that's adorable. I like them. They're like little a- Apsus uh, assholes. Yeah, little baby Apsus sperms. But yeah, gross. Cool. So that was an abject failure. But no, you still, I still your, get to cast my spell. Still do your yeah. That was free. It just happens. So yeah, give me that three action magic miss. Give me all that damage. Waiting with bated breath. Yeah, the rolling magic missile damage sucks balls all day, every day, forever. So it's... Are you heightening it? It's not. It can't be heightened. You don't have a high enough spell level, so it's still level... Well, it's level no, two. Because that was his... That was his... It's, his it's, uh, yeah, that was his signature spell. He chose that. Right. Is that a level two spell? That's no, level one spell. It is heightened. now. Oh, okay. If it's heightened, he can choose to cast it with a second level spell slot or a first level right, spell right, slot. Right, right, right. I just oh, I couldn't remember okay. if that was a second level spell or a first level spell. I'm just gonna hit the roll I don't button play here when I play and see if that does anything. Nope. So it's yeah. There's yeah, that's, that's one um, rocket. I got I got two more rockets. Yep, just do it. So that's how much on the first one? It's a one d four plus one plus two for seven. All right, it's max. That is a another two d four plus two plus four. In total for a nine, so that's, so that's sixteen total damage. Sixteen, not too shabby, bud. Wait, how many? What did you do for damage? You should be doing six d four plus six. What? What? So when you heighten magic missile, you're casting it at second level. That's when right. you heighten, it gives you one extra missile per action. So normally you would shoot three missiles, one per action. When you heighten it, you're shooting two missiles per action. So you would have shot six missiles, each one doing 1d4 plus one. I don't think it's heightened high enough. It has to be heightened by two to heighten. So he would have to have third level spells to be able oh, to heighten that. yes, he can't heighten no, that. He can't. Yes, you are correct. So it's just a first level. Sorry. So that's I was 16. Out lawyered the rules, lawyer. Yes, you did. I, I always forget. <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. Yep. Every Even a blind hog finds it out every once in a while. That's 16 points of damage. All right. So this 
creature at the north side that's been hit by Billiam, he didn't like that too much. So he's going to reach out with a spectral arm and attempt to strike at Billiam. So here comes the roll. It's an eight for a 21. That is a hit. He also needs to take his persistent damage. So I don't know he if that happens before. Does so I have to try to put myself out. Persistent so happen, Persistent damage happens at the end of happens the round. Happens at the end of the oh, turn. At the end. Okay, yep. sorry, I thought it was at the beginning. I've been adjudicating that incorrectly. Yep. So he hits you with that big old spectral hand, and yeah, he's he going to deal seven points of bludgeoning damage. Mm. Christian, when the attack has a grab rider, does it automatically happen, or do I just get a grapple? No, you have to spend an action. All right, so I'm going to... But I spend an action, and it just happens, correct? Yes, that you make no check. It is automatic. He's going to spend an action and grab you with his spectral hand. Okay. And then that hand is going to be able begin to squeeze you, and I need <gasps> you to give me a fortitude save. That's my good Squeeze one. him where? That's not a good roll, though. It's a 10 for a 20. 20. You're fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, Thank God. Well, actually, it's it's going to do half damage, so okay. that'll be four points of damage. I rolled max. Bastard. That's and that's scary. the end of its turn. It reached out, grabbed you, hit you, grabbed you, and squeezed you, and you took a. Did you do the damage for the strike? Total. That's of what, a, yeah, yeah, eleven points of damage total. Seven points of bludgeoning, and then another four points of bludgeoning. Okay. And persistent damage. Yes. Now we do persistent damage. Right now we do persistent damage. So let me roll a flat check. It's a DC fifteen to shrug it off. And I got a natural one. So yeah, uh, I take a point of damage. Nice. This ghoul is on fire. Sorry. <laughs> that, that was pretty nice. Was beautiful. Good job. A plus. <laughs> All right. Now it's the turn of this lovely, ugly boy up here. Uh, he can't move too quickly. Five, 10, 15. And he's going to chill right here. I believe that puts Solus just barely in range. Or not Solus. Uh, Yosef just barely in range of an attack. Great. So he's going to give you a little smack smack. You know what? No, he's he's going to attempt to just grab you. I'm already grabbed. No, you're not. Are you? Yes. Yeah, by this guy <sighs> down here. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that I couldn't do that. Okay, well, he's going to try to punch Billiam then. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Makes sense. And punch. That's a natural one. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he misses. He's actually (laughs) going to grab the creature. He's going to try it again. He might as well. I've got nothing to lose. Except for your honor. I yell in his face. (laughs) This one was a little punch punch. And that is a 22 to hit. Yes, sir. And that's a hit, so I did not do the punch, so I cannot backtrack that one. That's going to be seven points of damage. Mm. That's the end of its turn. And Solas, you see your friends grabbed by these spectral arms emanating from the chest of these foes in the other room, and, and your champion's call calls you. You hear mock ringing in your sword, and you know you simply have to do something to protect your friends. And we'll see you next week. Oh, Oh, you you said a name I'm interested in. There's nothing more fun (laughs) than being stopped in the middle of combat. Right? Evil ghost.
The role for intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Role for intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfi. Flip Melvin and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening.